yeah. Okay, so um, thank you for being here. Yeah, I can feel so much always <laughs> more and more. There's like a buildup and um, for those who I'm contact with all the time, I understand so much is at work right now in your world. And I'm happy that this process could help to channel a lot of what's going on to create a, a kind of mirroring process. I'm learning a lot. So thank you for providing so much reflection. Um, I'm losing my voice, not in an auditory, but more of a semantic way. It always happens after the trainings, after immersions. Um, I seem to crawl into my cave and then it's time to process. Um, very often I go to the earth spend a lot of time with the earth but this time earth means quite a bit and um, maybe it would be interesting to talk about Rebecca's um, metaphor of the elephant like, let's talk about the elephant as to how does this all translate to our world the world your world um, on my part, just a few thoughts, really. Um, every year, Inner Dance has always seemed to speak a different color. Sometimes the conversation lasts for two years, so that at one point we'd be talking more to school teachers, um, politicians, religious people, doctors, economists, people in disaster, um, people in community process, people in conference modes. And so in many ways, the inner dance conversation has had many different names. As shared, the first one was probably the teacher training or facilitator training, a lot of which is the expectation probably in people when they come to these things. Um, the second incarnation was the energy school. And then there were others. Um, cognitive resonance was an inquiry. Transformation medicine was uh, an actual program that lasted a long time. It's still quite alive right now. And uh, Maya itself is a kind of conversation. If inner dance isn't just an energetic movement, it's also a discourse or a discursivity. Um, there was this thing called the emergence convergence where uh, maybe over a dozen times there were things happening around the world. Um, what I want to talk a little bit about today is what's been happening in the last three years, maybe to help you map out why the kind of information in inner dance in this energy school anyway um is kind of what it is like what determines these 
um, even though a lot of the content or material is similar, depending on who we're working with, um, understanding these incarnations are quite important and very, very interesting. It's almost like there's a continuity of thought. So if, if you had a long time, let's say, especially alone to listen to the energy, to more or less like digest, not just what's inside you, but as to what's carried in the reality we call home. Mm, what would come up? We've sort of defined inner dance in many ways as this, like inner dance brings about that sense of continuity to discontinue our personal thinking process, a larger continuity, a planetary, earthbound historicity continues. It stretches out through the vastness and there's a kind of remembrance there. Um, last year, something happened. Um, I think it was last year, I'm not even sure. It could have been early this year, but basically the the Inner Dance website disappeared. It is called innerdanceprocess.org. It is a very old site anyway, and um, it had been left untouched for a long time. And I was going to tinker with it a little bit, and I found out that it was gone. Uh, I wasn't surprised. Um, my mind doesn't really go into conspiracy theories when it comes to things like these. So I was quite accepting and uh, it felt like it was time. Uh, I guess it probably signified that there was a death process in a certain way. This energy has always been passed on anyhow. It's always wishing to shift, um, to undergo transformations in the same way that when language becomes stagnant, it's already dying. Language and culture always needs to be in a state of flow, which is what keeps it alive always in translation, where probably the most life happens in the boundaries, the edge between realms. And inner dance likes to inhabit the edge between realms. It's like, the, the very realm it, it is, is the, the, the spaces in between. So it might seem very chaotic for some or very energetic and dynamic for some, but there's something very held in getting used to that and in, in, in getting to know what that means. Um, inside me, there's been quite a long buildup. So the continuity um, it's just indescribable. And I'm always um, in an expression of that um, because of the mixture of intentions of audiences and just the kinds of situations we will all find ourselves in, in freely and generously, benevolently sharing this. Um, we're bound to speak to large rooms 
and we're always looking for what is the universal point there. Um, so I, I probably do have my points of interest, um, things that I would like to invest my energy onto, uh, things that I feel are important for the world, especially where I have some influence. Um, and I try not to spread myself out too thin. So I'm always interested in what that space in between would look like philosophically, um, theoretically. Uh, when I say theory, I'm talking about the actual uh, study mode processes in the world where uh, there's like a slowing down where any knowledge claim that comes up requires um, that we kind of know where we're coming from. So however spontaneous and arbitrary the process, we are also um, understanding a systematicity in the energy process. Um, I think a lot of people do kind of crave for that. So circles are formed, um, philosophical, linguistic, different kinds of circles are formed over time based on the many interests people have. Um, when I slowed down, it'd be three and a half or four years ago, um, it wasn't so much based on my own particular interests. I've already uncovered so many stones um, and a lot of these were already going to take me a long time to study and reflect on, uh, which I do enjoy doing because inner dance really does open the space for that. Um, the terminology that came up in my mind is called Studios Mundos. Um, the spelling of Studios is S-T-O-U-D-I-O-U-S. And it's not really studious as it's normally spelled. Um, primarily the word was coming up in my mind because of the etymology of the word studio, it was to study and I was interested in the irony and the fact that um, if in a studio we create and we manifest things, it, there's also this internalization, a place of absorbing the world, which is what study is about, that seems to happen in the energy largely. Um, and and at, at this time it was coming up, I was spending a lot of time with the tribes, yet at the same time, my... Um, reflection process had really built up so that my mind felt like a, like a, an energetic library. It, 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 it was like a place into itself I could visit where um, I, I, I sensed how all of the experiences I've ever had seemed to be ordered in a certain way. And it happened at a peak point. I, I wouldn't be able to simply go back to that. Just like I've mentioned in the past, like um, when I used to make all these inner dance videos, 
um, that is very, very special. And I can't do that anymore. I, I can't go back to that time anymore. Uh, same with the energy school videos, which were the instructional ones. I, I can't go back to that anymore. So at this point, I would share to you that I'm not in a position to really spread inner dance outwards. It, it's not something for me to share anymore in an outward way. It, it has um, a natural tendency now so that I could allow myself to um, come from a more interior way about things. Um, and so just this year, maybe after April, I could probably count the number of inner dance sessions I've held with uh, fingers in one hand. <laughs> um, if I'm wrong, it wouldn't be too many more fingers in the other hand. Mm. Italy here is pointing out I've done three. <laughs> it's not a lot considering um, I would do three every half day or, or more at one point, nonstop. Um, I think I did maybe 10 sessions per day, a whole week at one point. Um, so it's unimaginable that I would do so few of these. Um, and for me, that is really interesting to understand these different incarnations of inner dance. Uh, so for me, the workshop exists almost as a memory. Um, this being that's been in conversation in my body for quite some time. Um, it's like a, a, a friend. It's like an old glove, a familiar shoe. You, you just wear it. You can't really describe it fully because there's so much memories in there and you can't just, you know, um, you can't just unravel it like that because of the so muchness in it. And so as inner dance will definitely have to um, be experienced in the world as a healing modality and as a spiritual awakening and even as we start to um, express other conceptual domains, um, I feel maybe I know where I probably am going. My audience space for the next decade would probably be mostly parents and um, teachers or anyone involved with early childhood education. The reason for that is still connected to what I'm speaking about in terms of what's been happening um, in my perspectives anyhow in the last three and a half years. Um, it's been inputting a lot of the sharings people have expressed again and again from all around the world. Um, it, it, it's at that point when it, it was as if every, all of it seemed to start to coalesce and begin to speak about like a one thing. And it took me actually like a while to notice. Um, it, it needed like a lot of layers so that um, maybe in the first years of my work, 
I, I understood this energy completely. I had no inch of doubt. However, um, I am by my nature quite, uh, you know, like a, I'm a shy person. Um, but the energy itself understood that it wanted to travel. So I, I listened to it. I followed, I followed what it unraveled and um, it took a while as I looked at layers upon layers, layers within layers, all these layers building up on each other, some kind of structure starting to come alive. A lot of which have been shared in the last months here uh, in an introductory way. Um, yeah, it, it just became more and more clear. One interesting thing about the patterns that we begin to recognize is that uh, when we come into a layer, when there's another major phase that comes about, it sometimes, in fact, opposes the last one, meaning it runs counter, it's antithetical, it's not similar. So in fact, it contrasts. Um, the other layer. So in my own mind, I sometimes lose my language and then the energy, it just becomes very, very strongly the energy. And then at some points it just becomes strongly like a, a seeing process, like a, a process of observation. Um, and then sometimes it's very, very body-based. Uh, it's almost like something in the red, something in the yellow wants to speak a lot louder than in the green or in the, the violet, the indigo, all wanting to speak to each other. Um, and so after time, when we are able to arrive at that point of continuity, we do see that nothing is opposing each other. Everything is um, complementary by nature and they're all somehow supportive in an interrelationship between what we might call colors or sounds. Um, I feel like each layer calls upon um, very strong choice points. So my strongest was probably in 2010. It was quite early on. Um, there was this movie being directed about my biography and it is focused mostly on the shamanic spiritual aspects and um uh the filmmaker was quite famous and he was excited at putting it out in these festivals or out in public but i understood that the messages that he captured were very one-sided he was looking merely for the mystical and um in one meditation i was having that year uh i could see almost like my future there was a fork in the road and i could go one path one path would mean very very simple i'd be this spiritual guru per person and i would just do things as i would um, i would use all these terminologies focus mostly on um uh, spacey um you know like uh, and generalizations and I knew that I would have a short life and um, I would contribute maybe to serve as a model for having lived 
something strong. Um, <clears throat> and then the, I, I saw the other pathway. It spoke about slowing things down, not really coming so much from my sense of identity. It, it wasn't so much about my personage, um, my person, but it has something to do with uh, the context around past lives that um, coalesce around the kind of birth vision related to language constructs, related to uh, cultural decoding, uh, and so on and so forth. So kind of obviously I chose the, the second path. It then spoke about having children and uh, that that into itself is going to be very, very grounding. Um, so I've, I've lived with this decision and I've consciously had to taper down a lot of the intensity that used to be like around me. Um, in the first year, the energy was quite strong that I'd be walking around hallways and <laughs> like people would collapse and start to go into convulsions. There was a reputation being formed and I actually had to work quite hard to um, undergo a mode of disappearance. Probably in the year 2012, I took a long break to um, address a lot of the um, person-based stuff that had built up, um, knowing that I had to take responsibility in, in, in some ways. I probably wouldn't have made it anyway. It was too hard to, uh, it, the energy was just so much. It was too strong at that point. Um, I, did, I, I couldn't see it go, going that way. So I'm still kind of at it. Um, so given the, um, yeah, given the experiences though of having allowed myself to be used by spirit for this long and for this much, um, there would have been a time to digest and process things. So at about the time it was the 10 year mark, I went to do solitude. And um, up until now I'm trying to voice out or express whether people might be interested or not. What actually happens to the trans mind as it comes back to the world. Uh, for me, that literally was what it was like. I had to humanize myself. I felt like a wild animal. Um, it, it, would, it was hard for me to sit down as a normal person. It's hard for me to sit down in language and listen to words. I would um, sit in a particular way, like the way a bird or a bat or like a, a puma, I, I would like, uh, I would be perching, you know, like there's something inside me that felt always built up and vibrating that for me to hold that. I, I wouldn't sit still if you catch me in like a, a train or a fast food restaurant. My, my body would look a little bit strange to you because I would be quirky. I would be bending and crackling um, in different ways. So yeah, a lot of that is historical and it may not seem like it's even there, even for me, because it seems so far away. Um, 
So coming into a sense of order or uh, a way in which energy kind of organizes itself was basically the task at hand to learn to be human again. Often I do still feel like I am pretending to be human as I sit with concerns that are earthly. You know, you can imagine having lived on an island spending $20 for almost two years, living in, on almost nothing, going through what you go through, going through near death so many times and dealing with um, the, 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 the triumphant yet the horrifying experiences that goes with the, with the, the journey. Um, it's, uh, you, you, you can't really step away from that. You know, forever it changes you. Like when your perception of the world changes, so does your creations and your experience. So, I, yeah, I do feel like I'm energy speaking back to people and I'm energy listening to people. I'm, this, I'm, I'm, I'm not myself uh, very often, so I, I tend to space out. Uh, and sometimes I'm in a replying mode. Um, half of it would be from uh, a personal place, but half of it would be like seeing uh, all of these layers, which some people might call Kundalini and, and Shakti and Isis and you know Kuan Yin and so on and so forth. Um, so deep story, yeah, came out three years ago. Um, it, it's very significant. After Studios Mundos, I went back into writing, and um, there was something about. Um, contributing to a set of topics that have been left open-ended uh, in both the East and the West, there seemed to have been a lack of consensus in some very, very important topics around um, the brain, the theory of dream, altered or heightened states of consciousness, um, involuntary movements and so on and so forth. It, it's almost like it is being talked about so largely through people's um, evolutionary stages. And uh, in Deep Story, it, it's where it all came together, um, very much in revealing these two major experiences that kept coming up, uh, probably in 2012, 13, 14, 15, everywhere I went, people were saying the same thing. And so if I looked at my notebooks, uh, I, can't, I don't understand why I missed out on it. Like most of people were sharing that they went back to uh, the womb or their baby state. They, they, they kept saying it again and again. I went back to the womb, I went back to the womb, I went back to my mom, I became my mom and then I became my baby uh, I understood what was there. I went through a birth visioning process. Um, and then the other percentage was going back to the earth, going back to the origins of the earth, going back to deep history, a memory of what is there, the origins of the species, the origins of the planet sometimes coupled with the origins of the universe, but mostly it was the origins of um, what's embedded still in our bodies. Um, so beginning to listen to these, especially when I stopped 
my doing process. I didn't realize how much I wasn't seeing, in fact, because of how busy I was in catering to people's um, intensities. When I decided to put up a barrier and tell people I really need people to stop talking to me, um, it's when I realized that th this really matters. So I, I, I had this devotion. I uh, gave a lot of things up, including contact with my own children. I didn't see them for quite a while. Um, it seemed fair to honor uh, this energy that much. Um, so at one point I had to move away from Palawan just to create more space. And that's where I spent time with the indigenous people. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so uh, in this, in these, it seems like there's so much. I'm, I, I kind of shared earlier that even before a lot of these layers came alive, there was such an awareness of what this was. But as more and more uh, is speaking through, um, especially as we increase our capacities to synthesize and, and perceive what is there, um, it becomes more and more particular, like the inner dance itself um, comes alive in this way. And uh, yeah, I, I just feel this bears some continuity unto itself. Um, the thinking about um, the origins of the person, the individual, um, a subjective consciousness in an isomorphism or a structural sameness with the evolution of a planet or um, the species, they're very much different modes of thought. They, they don't really interrelate. The history of the collective is not exactly the history of like the one. So what does it actually mean that uh, the remembrance is taking place in uh, like a dance, like a helix, where each is turning into each other. Um, <clears throat> in our wishing to ground this, th this provides a very, very powerful starting point. It won't necessarily be that acceptable in the sciences because, well, um, <laughs> ancient memory isn't fossilized. Um, when it comes to the origins of our minds, the origins of our language, the origins of our music, um, they don't really exist so much in the archaeological fossil record. Um, a, a lot of it belongs to speculation, conjecture. So what does it mean then that many people who are having spiritual experiences way, way, even beyond inner dance, like anyone just going deep, we are beginning to share about these. Fascinating enough that young people, people who belong to um, supposedly young memory, they, they, they're speaking about the same as well. It, it's just incredible to think about that. So to 
almost honor this aspect of the world, how a dinner dance can fit there. Um, the simple message being, do we understand how old we are? Do we understand the continuity that, um, that, that you know, we, we that, that, uh, there's such a sense of loss. There's such a sense of nostalgia at the fact that we have a sense of that ancientness. And mostly when that sense is there, it's when we have not yet developed language production. Like we, we can't really speak about it so much. Um, And, and maybe most of our addictions and our depressions, our cancers are actually founded on that forgetting, you know? Um, so would it be that inner dance would find its place? I honor the experimentations, the free flowing, um, journeys you yourself might imagine because you're already doing so much work um, that doesn't need to bear this name you so many of you have already been on journeys and you're you're bound to contribute by your talents and by your wisdom um, to understand the the sheer power this in particular holds because i do feel like this energy has been waiting 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 and at some point you too will receive a calling you too will um bear certain questions at an opportune time like are, are you are you him are you her are you are you going to be in service do you understand um what is coming um, I remember the very, very particular time that happened to me. I was 21 and I was in California and I was minding my own business and I was walking um, on a city road in a town called Pasadena and I, I heard this voice and it, it spoke it. It, it, it said, are, are you him? Are you him? This is before the Mexican stranger appeared to me a week after. Um, around that time of my life, there was a winter taking place and I thought I was near death already. But then I heard this voice, are you him? Are you him? So where a lot of people might expect the most mystical experience uh, emerging from that kind of question because I ran away from it. I, I was so terrified that I was being asked this question because I knew the the the, the depths, the he the heaviness, the the brevity, the the it was dense. It was a dense question, so I ran away from it. It's uh, and um, I found myself just exhausted from running, and so I lay down and I just 
I laid down with it. I, I sat down with it, and it 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 came to me a memory of when I was really young. I was maybe in the third or fourth grade, and it was a memory of a small kid, um, fearful of his father, who was very very strict, and um, who. You know, every time I failed my subjects in school, I would get grounded. Um, he was so strict that I would get grounded for like a whole year, meaning I can't even go outside the house. You know, I, I we had a big yard, we had a swimming pool, we had space. I couldn't even go out. So I was praying hard and I was making a promise to what I called God back then, that if you let me pass mathematics just this once, I will devote my life to you, to you. So here you have it, 11, 12 years later, uh, I was in the US going through an intense spiritual vision quest. And this memory came up and it, it said, do you understand the commitment? <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are. and it, for me, it was like a, a joke of some sort. It's like I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. It, it cannot be like this. But I knew because time had collapsed and there was no difference between everything that had not yet come to pass and everything that's ever happened that had a reason for it. Um, so I gave in, and after that. Uh, there was a cascade of events when I was just watching um, everything unfold, unfold, fold up in the guise of an old mother. So when the Mexican took me up the mountain, um, what was said was simple. Um, the spirit had already been following me around. I was spending time in the high mountains with the tribes in the Philippines. And there was this dark, heavy, old entity, and I didn't know what it was. Um, the Mexican stranger named it, he said, the name is Kali. The name is Kali, Kali Mata, Kali. And um, he said, this is the oldest soul. And then he was doing something looking at me saying no no okay and he'd see me change my mind it's almost like he was reading a book through my eyes yet in the seeing and reading process he was writing the book through my decisions um he said this oldest one was needing a vehicle and it had to be someone with a particular body type and it had to be someone who would be empty. So he just went into all these conversations like, uh, oh, no one's going to believe you. Why would they believe you? And then he'd look at me, oh, I give you this. And then he'd give me some symbolic thing and he'd say, okay, now I understand. And then um, I kept giving up every step of the way during this 11 hour journey with a strange man I said no why why me you're talking to the most scared person and he said of course of course it has to be the weakest 
so that it would be empty. Um, the shell would be empty, it would be clear. Um, that too became a memory after I came down from that mountain, the San Gabriel mountain. Everything normalized, but of course, nothing was the same. Everything was just energy. So a lot of people would ask me later on, why would you, why did you do it? Why, why would you leave everything with just a pair of slippers, a sarong and a pair of shorts without even any shirts, without money? Why would you walk, how would you walk away and sleep wherever you might find somewhere, you know, sleepable and uh, only eat when food is offered to you? Why, why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Um, it's hard to say no. Uh, it's like the, 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 the alternative would be sui the suicide. To, to, to give up um, would be to live a zombie existence. So in this way, when I do say we are all called, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definite. Like um, that, you you have this inside you. Otherwise, why would we be in this conversation? In many ways, the inner dance is that question, that sense of urgency, that sense of um, uh, it just feels big, 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 big. Um, a few years after I had started the work, um, people started coming, a lot of whom seemed to have expected this. Um, the, the one in particular that really shone for me that practically closed a circle or a cycle was a frail woman from San Francisco. She told me she had been working with the Mayan elders and um, I think in 2009, these were like the Burning Man people. Uh, it, it, a lot of people don't know, but the island that I lived in that was deserted was owned by some of the founders of Burning Man. They put up a beach project in an island wanting to live the dream and it didn't work out. Just like in that movie, based on that book by Alex Garland, they left the island. So what I inherited was um, what used to be called the Dream Perch Project and inscribed on the boat um, that was marooned on the island was Kal Kalipai Mu. It, Kali being the, the name of the spirit that this Mexican had given Pai being my name, Kalipai in Filipino means happiness, and uh, Mu means yours. Uh, but because in my mind, Pai had already borne a symbology being the number 16, and Mu was the number 12. Kali for Nia means Kali for you, Kali being black time. Kalipai Mu is the Filipino version of that in many ways, um, it actually signifies what people call sacred geometry. I understood what it meant so that by the time I inscribed it into the ground, 
there was a knowing enough of the interdimensional shifts between the vibration of the number seven into the number 13. But this woman from uh, California who was part of this mysterious, um, it's like a mystery school, um, uh, Shasta people, a lot of whom have something to do with this emerald tablets. I, I don't want to go into it, but um, Shasta has many mythologies that links it with the Pacific Ocean and um, the Philippine Islands in many ways. And so there are these visions people have in Shasta about like uh, very, very tall people wearing robes with long hair, men and women of indefinite race. And um, what was interesting was when I found myself in the island, later talking to people who, who have been there, and then in my own, I saw these people. They, they, they're called the Lemurians in Shasta. Lemuria is like the lost continent in the Pacific. It's our Atlantis. Um, I spoke to them a few times. One of my conversations with them, I asked them, who are you? And their answer was simple, like, were you? Were you? You, you, you? you are us and you're coming to us now. You're becoming us when you find a way. Uh, a superhumanity, a post-human, uh, a meta-human comes alive in your bodies as you start to undergo your purgation process, your, your purification, your, 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 your activation process. As it comes about, there is an ascension at work. So something becomes able to resist disease, to um, go by with, over long durations without needing to do food or do sleep, to, to be of super strength and to be of love and sound and you know light. Um, this is their message. Um, the way before any of these strange movements have come about in, inside the body, outside the body, pass it, being passed on again and again to people. Um, so I speak about that part of the U.S. where uh, a lot is embedded. And there was this woman who came. She came. She came here. She said um, she, she, she wanted to just let me know that there were 13 prophecies out of which 12 said it's the end of the world as we know it. Come 2012, uh, we are saying goodbye to the old, but that the 13th prophecy was coming and a dance, only a dance, a specific dance, a mysterious dance, an unexpected dance would do it. That unexpected dance would be the healing of the planet. It would be the healing of the brotherhood and sisterhood of men, womankind. Um, So it wouldn't have been hard to actually pass this on. Um, it was very real as I came back to the world. That was the simplicity in it. Like it didn't need um, like goading. It didn't need coercion. That this needs to be shared. Um, it didn't matter so much anyway. The energy wanted to be shared as soon as 
uh, it took one or two or three people. They kept talking about it, and then they kept like touching others, and then others would move. Uh, there, some others wouldn't move, but they would cry, or they would experience colors, or there would be past lives, and so on and so forth. Um, in the beginning, definitely, it would be easy to understand it was a healing process. The energy used that moniker, that it wore that hat, but it wouldn't wear that hat for a long time. Um, that sense of rawness, and I have to say this, it's good to share. That sense of rawness does go away because um, it would like to bring into clarity that the energy must come from inside each and every one. Um, gone would be the illusion that there would be like a master or powerful person who is sending things out. But merely through resonance, we are reminding, not teaching, but reminding something that's already there. It's always been there. Um, yeah. So I, 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 you know, like on my part, I don't really feel like I need to speak about these things so much. What's been spoken too much many moons ago, again and again. Maybe I was speaking it mostly for me, like just to understand in myself, did all those really happen? Did, did I wake up in a, a, a street in California and imagine it all up just like Jonathan Nash, that mad mathematician in the, beauty, in the movie A Beautiful Mind? And is it my schizophrenia or, or my delusion um, that, that ma makes all these up. Like, what, what is real? How, how is this not just some sort of dream? So it's definitely been a healing process to have come from sheer poverty um, for not owning anything and being told that this needed to be shared worldwide without me having an email address, not having heard of uh, Facebook at all because of my time as a sannyasin, as a hermit, um, having to come back here and, and normalize in that way. Um, uh, new stories are probably now being told, which makes me quite happy. Um, and uh, this call for me is quite symbolic because out of all those things that I did share, like these different things, inner dance has been called, the facilitator training, energy school, cognitive resonance, transformation medicine, Maya, emergence, convergence, deep story. Um, this online process um, does something inside me. However, um, early it is to actually be translating a lot of these into the digital print um, I feel like something has slowed down enough that I can detach myself and maybe slow certain things down because it has really been quite an intense three months it's been um, speaking through a lot um, 
the intention has really mostly been to pass this forward somehow, if ever there was a one chance, uh, if there was continuity, then and I, I would be the happier. Uh, although there are many things that are also saying this is important, that is important too. So my interest seems to now waver <laughs> uh, into different things. So yeah, saying just saying those, um, letting those go, and um, probably just interested in hearing what's come up for you, um, and then grounding it in that elephant question. Like, let's talk about the elephant. Like, what? what like, let's maybe um, feel into it together. Like, what? Where? where does this go like through you like anyhow in whatever name or shape or size or incarnation hmm. okay so thank you for listening and um yeah if it's also just the sharing from last days or last weeks or yeah even in the form of questions um but definitely helping me synthesize uh, it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably hard for people to follow that up with some words. Um, it's a really deep sharing um, that speaks to the heart of a lot. And it explains a lot about your um, intensity in uh, sharing this energy throughout the world and your ability to sit back uh, in a state of trust uh, with everything that uh, is created through this energy, even when it's really difficult. Um, uh, and this, uh, also this ability to integrate the energy into uh, a life that is uh, has so many human elements in terms of family and um, you know interrelationships with people and it's um, It's just really interesting to hear uh, your perspective on sharing yourself with that energy. Um, and it, in terms of, um, I guess, how other people can live and work with this energy 
because I think one of the most uh, difficult things for me upon encountering this energy is mm. um, is what it speaks and then um, I guess what takes place in the human space, which it's to me um, it seems so very small. Mm. It creates like um, a really, really uh, painful dissonance uh, when the energy speaks so fully and so truthfully and so powerfully. But then when it's in the human space, there's so much of this uh, human, (laughs) um, it's like a power that pulls, like degrades the energy almost. And... Mm. That for me, like that degradation, is really painful. <laughs> mm. Mm. But also, mm. almost it, it, it's impossible to. Uh, it's impossible to um, mm. fight against because that's not that energy is not an energy of fighting. It's an energy of loving and acceptance. And that includes acceptance of what it is not speaking. And mm. that, if that makes sense, and then it's acceptance of all that should mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Totally. Uh, it's the biggest irony of all. Like a lot of people have noted that somehow inner dance is like the most pleasurable feeling they've ever had like that really intense um stage where there's just so much vibration like how could there be so much power accessible to you know so much freedom so much power and yet understanding the nature of kali this talk about uh I don't know if people listened to the voice note that I sent out uh, half a day ago, but um, the question is like, do we ever really get what we desire? Um, you, you know, like, do we get really what we want in the deepest possible way? Um, it, it's in, in Freudianism, it's the death drive versus the pleasure principle. Um, and then in the deepest Kundalini sense, the, the most, Desirous is actually death in a way. We desire um, what we are the most afraid of. And so to watch people enjoying so much what in fact they are trying to resist without them knowing. Uh, inner dance for me kind of works because I'm, I'm so... Um, uh, like Rebecca, because you know me, I'm, I, I can't be more normal or approachable as a human, you know, like I'm baby faced. I've always been like the thinnest, smallest guy in the class. <laughs> and 
And, you know, people would pick me up at the airport. They'd be looking for a long-haired man or at the very least a woman based on the name. Uh, but then they just see this guy off the street. And um, in my mind, th then hours later, watching them scream their hearts out in pure pleasure and pure pain. Um, it feels like all of us have this demeanor that's just so human, yet we're allowed to carry this um, process. You know, it's, it's always that um, Lord, the, the Tolkien book, it, it's the Lord of the Rings. It's like the, the Hobbit is who is entrusted to carry the, the ring of power just because of how um, enticing it could be, which isn't so much just about power, it's about control. That as, as soon as you're given even a little bit, it goes to your head and then something happens in your life where you're asked to surrender and then you, you let go, the energy comes again. And inner dance is so much that because the more you then try to hold on too much, it just is not there and then the more you start to uh just be with it you know it's it's like those 3d pictures um you can't really instruct your eye to start to see the patterns you just acclimatize to it so some people who are the more broken during childhood they're closer to death just like don juan in those carlos castaneda books um he said that his secret is he carries his death over his left shoulder just like jesus once said he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life shall find everlasting happiness he also said he who is the smallest amongst you will be the greatest amongst you um so inner dance needs to be clarified that it won't make you in any way big it actually makes you smaller and smaller, but it's the energy itself. It's so huge. Were you to receive even a small percentage of the, the, this, you know, what you are, we wouldn't be able to take it because it's just so huge. It's so huge. So it's almost looking for the hum, humble, the most childlike to, to carry it, um, this thing this Kali energy, um, you know, I, I love that, you know, like cartoon, cartoonish, sweet. Um, and then once the session begins, I, 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 I've seen it, like even children have held this space and it's so, it's so, so deep. Um, but there's so much notes that you have to offer Rebecca because of your sensitivity, especially understanding Australia being so paradoxical in so many ways, having a strong feminine and a strong masculine. The spiritual awakening there is so ripe, but it's also the strictest border control. <laughs> it's all, Meaning it's boundary means bound up. It's so bound up. So we have to admire uh, a lot of you. A lot of you will need to write books, however it gets published or not, to, because you're, you're channeling the, the culture or the energy of the land that speaks through. Um, because when an inner dance community in the world really starts to come up, 
it tends to get really strong and it tends to get really big. Um, it almost doesn't last if it gets too strong. So it needs to be tapered off. And it can definitely not just be about power or energy. Um, th those communities simply don't last. It cannot be just the experience as well. It, it needs to envelope itself in context. Um, like something else I wanted to share is when I was experiencing the strength of this in power places, you know, like Singapore or Manila, there would be these politicians, you know, like president, not presidents, like uh, senators, there would be like mayors, there would be congressmen, there would be bishops coming to the work. And there would be this temptation that's bring this to the world right now. That this is going to sweep the the world. Um, this is going to just wake everyone up. But the, the energy, um, either through experience, how it would guide us, or very strongly it would whisper, no, no, not yet, not yet. In fact, the ones who have the most power are the powerless. The ones who have the most to say don't have voice. So we need some sort of incubation period. We need some sort of incubation period. And um, I don't think it's done yet. I think maybe that it's even just starting now. So even as this is going to keep speeding things up, we need um, a sense of protection for ourselves and for our communities to uh yeah okay since everyone's quiet i'll go again <laughs> mm, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, these um people that you were talking about the the spirit future human people uh as soon as you started like mm. but as soon as you said tall i immediately went to um uh these mm. Uh, Aboriginal spirits called Mimi spirits mm. uh, and there's rock paintings of these like all over Australia and uh, it just speaks to me that these conversations have been going on for mm. the longest time mm. um, and we lost a connection mm. um, but mm. I mean, where does this place us in the whole scheme of everything? Mm. And <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, mm. It, it seems to me at the moment we're like at some kind of like reaching some kind of climax in terms of mm. um, these energies of, uh, I don't know, like fear and love or like mm. materialism versus like uh, like an understanding of us as eternal um i don't know like i think this um this moment of like donald trump as the like leader of the world um basically was like a you know just a, a manifestation a caricature of this energy of um everything that he represents that's just been growing and growing and growing in the world. And, uh, it, I mean, there's a lot of people that speak about all of this stuff, but it, it's, mm. it's at this like real tension point now where mm. um, this is like 
it almost feels like like it's in the death throes. Mm. But I guess that depends on like you know who your friends sure. are and what your feed shows up. Mm. Um, mm. It would be it's hard to measure these energies, mm. but mm. it certainly feels like it's a crux point and mm. Mm. there's like this thing there's this fear-based energy that's just mm. kind of <laughs> like almost like the <laughs> it's like ah, I'm melting mm. 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 <laughs> um, but at the same time it's almost like exploding because mm. it's it's grand grand finale but then mm. like I mean it's a bit of a it feels like um talking about the Mayans, you know, the, the people who used to inhabit the Americas. And then we think about the Aboriginals. They seem to have such a mature cosmology in terms of time. Um, so probably in New Age circles, a lot of people might describe these beings that I mentioned as the ascended masters, you know. Um, some religions have their own versions, like the Chinese have the 12 immortals and uh, the Tibetans have, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, so I really resonated with the ending of the movie Interstellar when um, uh, he fell into the black hole and then there, there, were, there was this technology and there was this sentient uh, designer or a team of designers from another dimension who was also um, clearly explicating that this was, this is us, this is where we're going. So in, in my view, it's almost like uh, there's a reality where everything's folded up and unfolded. And um, it's not just resonance, but it's also this this intelligence that that's that's kind of guiding us through dream and uh the only way it could really speak through us would be to normalize the state of consciousness uh that we ourselves are having to work on from a point of darkness you know like middle earth might be not past not future but like uh need, needing something to work on so that we're not born as Wonder Woman or Superman or Jesus Christ, you know, we, we have to go through the dark night of the soul. Uh, Superman's place is called the Fortress of Solitude. You know, he didn't just become Superman. He, he had to prepare just like Jesus at around the, the same age. Um, he disappeared and then no one knows where he went from the age of 13 to the age of 30. Um, then you know, he suddenly shows up and says, I'm the son of God. And suddenly he was healing people. Um, so it's almost like this this um, coming of age, this um, rite of passage that we're all being called to enter, a lot of which is going to be, it's going to be hard, but I think we are being given the tools so that the transition I think that's the word, isn't it? It's like the transition process is taking place. So what if we are the transition towards those other beings? 
Um, understanding, for example, that let's say the closest relative to the human would be the the bonobo or the chimpanzee, and then we share the same DNA at about ninety nine point ninety seven percent. So, meaning it didn't take that much, in fact, to change our bodies, change our minds, change our uh, to to suddenly experiment with all these colored humans that innovated the mirror neuron, the bilo brain, um, to tools, music, and so on and so forth. So given the fact that we're receiving so much feedback right now, oh, it's raining, um, it wouldn't take that much, in fact, to move to another dimension. And so given that there are these old, old spiritual traditions how would we contend with something like inner dance that just suddenly spurts out from an unknown spectrum? Um, you know, very little is known about it, that even I could try to talk about it, but it's futile to, to try to build a compendium on, you know, making finite what is infinite doesn't really make sense so much. Um, and it's just been so fast. The the radical, like um, curve, going upwards. It's just been so much. Um, I I feel like the like we're uh, designing this in a way, like uh, okay. I, I I kept drawing a symbol when I was living in the island. It it was the word coil, C O I L. I don't exactly know what it means, but I kept drawing this spiral, and a lot of it had to do with using oil or fossil fuels for such a short amount of time, considering that we have stored all of these underneath the ground over 400 million years, we used up half of it in like 200 years. Um, and for those who understand the peak oil crisis, um, it's amazing that we have these electric cars and solar power and so on and so forth. But um, life as we know it cannot continue because of the rise of these super economies like India or China um, or, or just the world at large. It, it's almost like we, we were meant to evolve into a level of sophistication um, of, of transposing data. Uh, into these language forms, these cultural normativities, um, so that once a healthy collapse would happen, I mean, there would be suffering, <laughs> for sure. There would be suffering, and so we would need Putin, we would need Duterte, we would need Trump, and, you know, kudos, you know, good riddance. Uh, but we... <laughs> uh, but there would, there would need to be, like, a counterbalancing um, so that they would interact off of each other. Um, and so I would worry if we weren't going to be given tools by the earth to deal with addictions, deal with... The transition is hard, you know? Like, we live in an eco-village, and uh, it's very real. <laughs> uh, we often talk about a lot of these spiritual hubs in these islands where it's really comfortable and enjoyable. And uh, we realize a lot of people wouldn't survive living here in, for like a week. It, it wouldn't be easy. However much they do inner dance, you know, and then they encounter the snakes and the mosquitoes and 
you know, that just uh, um, so so we're almost needing some sort of uh, it's that incubation um, tank. Uh, and and what if that was in a dance? Because th this is me as a symbol. Like um, I, I I I can keep talking about how much pain there was when I wasn't eating, and I was purging out the world of illusion from my my skin, my cells. Um, you know, like let's say when you're used to having sugar in your diet, and then when you get rid of that, like it's it's hard to find energy from inside. So we kind of need help from a Gaia space somehow. And, and uh, without my bias, I would imagine something like inner dance, something that can work on massive amounts of people at any one time, something that could be disguised as well. So that, because it's very anti-system. If you think about my own biography, I was warned that was the thing about the movie that was being directed about me. Like people understood that, you know, like Pi, based on the life that you lead now, um, it proves that you don't need to buy shampoo. <laughs> you don't need soap. You don't need food. You don't need insurance. You don't need transport. You don't need movie tickets. Um, at the moment that you gave them all up, coming from uh, a very cosmopolitan lifestyle where you were super depressed and was poor. The moment you had nothing, less was more. So like who would do battle with what I represented? Practically everything, like everyone. Like it could be religion, industry, government. Because if you're liberated in that sense, you can't be manipulated. There's no need for you know something that doesn't contribute to the system in that way so to extract maybe the inner dance from some of the things that i was asked by the divine mother to undergo at the very least um some of those clear instructions by spirit that we are meant to um, acclimatized to a sacred simplicity or a basic goodness. How to get used to living in nature, like living more outside in the dark, acclimatizing the eyes not to um, fake light. Um, it's it's entrainment in, in exactly that uh, Killikin um, article that you shared that brings about um, a sense of origins and because it's ironic, isn't it? Like I'm talking about these ascended masters, but then we bring up the aboriginals um, because in the cosmology of the aboriginals and the Mayans, which is circular time or time according to the Ouroboros, like maybe the Egyptians was maybe the last great civilization that was clear on um, alien and primitive being one and in the same um, inner dance actually holds up um, without enough contextualization. Inner dance can be seen as one of many things, or just uh, something weird, something strange, something interesting, something powerful. But when you almost do align a lot of things that presses upon us, 
especially the biggest two problems would be climate change, aka global warming, and um, energy resource depletion. Uh, we're not just talking about peak oil. We're talking about peak water, peak fish, peak forests, peak phosphorus in the soil, peak, uh, you know, all, all the resources are, are running out. So it does seem like there is an inevitability where we can only keep going on for so long. Either we use too much and then there's too much poison out there or the whole thing runs out anyhow. So the, the pandemic is such an amazing practice moment. Um, so maybe inner dance comes into new contexts and um, formations that I might never have imagined come 2021. Um, it, it, let me speak this out because you, a lot of you might find this interesting. There is something in these vaccines. It's not intentional, but there is something in it, both low and high. So, so don't just simply push it away that these are you know, isolated chemicals that will be damaging the human body. But there will be um, like certain modes of transformations because it, it, it is coming. We, 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 can't, we can only fight it so much, just like the is it 5G. Yeah. Um, so these the energy work that comes about alongside the internet, um, you know, like the monetary system, new new language, digital, um, and 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 then this this vaccine thing, this vaccine thing is going to rewire people's brains along with their social media accounts, so on and so forth. It's going to wire people's brains and i think that is when we can expect the playlist of the body which will resonate in the the music that we use um it's it's going to be different it, it's going to go into like, like like people's dream time will go into dimensionalities that was not so possible before like uh, ayahuasca will be the simple formats in people's minds um, so it fills us with dread, anxiety, but there's something very exciting, actually, that it's happening sooner than later. Uh, because if we um, held it in cognitive dissonance, which is the lie, what would take place if we did have stable governments and stable economies, it, it would prolong it to the point when you know, like just whatever situation we can imagine, we don't need to speculate, but it, it's always there. Um, I do believe like there's something ripe if you yourself have been um, investigating and have been investing a lot of your energies beforehand, like you're rightly placed in a dark place to shine when a lot of people have barely begun to um, turn the stones that are hiding, um, you know, gems and jewels. Uh, it fills us with dread, anxiety, and excitement. Um, so, so to set up then is primary, I feel, with the right context because of the sense that when the kund so-called kundalini does rise, 
and a lot of us have been exposed to this, um, you, you need to put your affairs in order. Um, and, and it will gift you. It, 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 you know, people will love you for it. You, you will be a valuable member of your, of your community because you, 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 you went forward. But if we are like you know, that Jesus quote, um, it will come like a thief in the night uh, when we least expect it. If we are living in the shadows of our unconsciousness and we're not exactly seeing the obvious patterns at work. Um, so I'm, glad it, I, I'm grateful for, for everyone in this circle for one, because it, it really is a lot to take in inner dance in all its forms and intensities. Um, you know, there would be then the temptation of, okay, what do we do? How do we do it? But still, like from the roots of inner dance, the, the, I didn't do anything. And still, many people who go through the deepest processes, they don't do anything. They, they, it literally just comes to them. It's just prolonging and extending that so that there would be continuity. Uh, it's almost like nature needs to be left alone. As soon as you build something, whether it be a house or a car, it's already dying. It's already degrading. It's, it's all, already on the way to rust or decay. Um, but when you leave it to nature, nature knows how to um, bring about that death process that generates life just as much. Um, so I think we're, what we're talking about is a really, really deep safety um, concern um, that's hard to speak about. Like the, the context that would hold that safety, um, one possible study point that I would suggest would be most existing human systems revolves around problem solving. Inner dance doesn't solve any problems. It brings us into a natural state where we see that there are no problems. Like we're, we're making it up. So people stand up from the mat realizing I was making things. It's complicated. It's not complicated. It's, um, it's all one. It's all connected. Um, uh, so there will be maybe less doing, and if the doing comes, it will be so inspired, so creative, making connections that weren't seen before on the spur of the moment. Um, th there, there's a lot of action still from what I'm saying. The irony there is that it does take some work to contextualize this to the world so that they could just let it be. So talking about the schools, just uh, talking about, let's say, Rebecca and I have had so many conversations about uh, like w women's health in terms of birthing, especially, like just how much the system controls um, women. Th there's no talk about the role of the autonomic nervous system in the birthing process. You know, the autonomic nervous system takes care of what we call the expansion and the contraction, the very language of birthing and the language of menstruation. At the very moment the contractions come, if you understand the 
language of the playlist, it's so easy to bring about the expansion that allows for less of the danger. But we can't really get there when there are members of the community who are um, watching over our shoulders, making loud, influential side comments that that's not safe, you know, like you get disowned, you get judged. So this work of getting get, getting to be simple is the complex almost, so that the resistance to change kind of goes away. So I would say the indigo would need to take precedence over the yellow um, so that the yellow undergoes like a self-organization. In that sense, the, the inner dance as a workshop or as a session really ne yeah, needs to be upheld. It, it doesn't go away. I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing because of the amount of indigo that it has been so compressed and, and needing to to be put out there as a research program. Um, we're really quite behind. So it, it, it's a great gift to offer it to facilitators out there. Uh, because when I do talk about this Kundalini Rising event that uh, is coming, which could be like financial crisis, political collapse, um, intense storms, drought, flood, famine, disease, um, of all sorts, um, the education crisis. Um, if it all starts to fall altogether, um, unless there's something foundational that starts to hold up, that's mandalic, that's a mandala. Um, what we need right now is a technology that is going to match the very structure of our consciousness. For example, what would be like a, an operating system, whether it be on the internet or whatnot, that would mirror our intuition based on how our consciousness is structured? What is the structuralism from inside and outside that would be speaking to each other? Um, so all this talk about Kundalini is really just a mediation. It's a space in between. Kundalini as a topic really talks about a movement from one stage to another and then uh, stabilization comes. Kundalini cannot ever be the end point. It, it can't be the goal. There's some danger to um, making that the, the thing. Uh, um, so yeah, in my book, I had a chapter on it, but I've stopped using the word so long ago because of the connotations it brings up. We can't appropriate a Sanskrit tradition or term uh, that that is um, you know it 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 had its 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 day. There there might be new interesting things that would uh, connote the the growth elements that runs polar to Kundalini as a process. Um, that, uh, to, to say this, uh, I'm, I'm stretching my mind that I'm not just talking about us, but I'm thinking more about our children because these will be their realities and so much more. And we as the mediators, the, like the work that we're doing isn't so much for us anymore, but we're really just paving the way. And then they, they will be those 
um, Lemurians <laughs> in the future, looking back, like, yeah, we were them. Just like we here now, I think back to Timothy Leary and Ken Kesey and, and, and Elvis and I, I, I don't know, you know, uh, John of Arc um, thinking, you know, like uh, we, 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 we did it back then. That, that, that missing link, Lucy, the Australopithecus, um, that allowed humans to jump into this um, DNA structure uh, I feel if we are able to achieve it in our lifetime, we step back then. It's like, oh, we, we trust this. This is not chaos. Just go, go. Because the danger or the interesting thing in it would be, it, it's going to be wild. Just how much has been repressed has been held back. If you're going to open that up, um, either through healthy or not so healthy means, it will want to break out. And, and, and you give even a small amount of permission. And boy, do I know what that looks like. To, to then be holding many rooms simultaneously as the energy extends. Um, it's going to be really wild. It's going to be really wild. Um, we, we, we can't push. There's almost like this circular expansion from the point of center. So you don't ever lose the core, but you can feel it expand hugely and strongly and organically. And, and you're not putting yourself out there. You know, I don't think I've, I've, I've advertised a single workshop and I, I don't remember any the last time I ever put anything out there because it actually felt a lot more clear when it, people just were talking about it and then they would come. Um, so there's something about the internet to be talking about these, about um, how information is starting to really accumulate and, and we're, we're, we're banking or dumping all of it uh, out there in, in the network. The energy will teach us how to start to pull rather than push. Um, and, and, and maybe that's when we have a particular um, place on earth that you are dreaming of. And I know a lot of you are dreaming about this particular place. It, it's like the dream we're all having. <laughs> How would you recreate an earth? How would you design a paradise if you were given a chance to redraw healthcare systems, how, you know, alternative housing, food production? Um, you, my, my only advice is don't do it alone. Uh, with your skills, there's probably people out there who already have the land who are just needing your presence to make some kind of community happened that's founded in the gift where uh, sacred commerce is taking place. So that just through your simplicity, that being your income, um, you would reap and harvest the fruits of your, your wisdom and, and your service. Um, because people will feel that when, when you are living safely on earth with biodiversity, with um, uh, maybe 2021, 
there could be, you know, like a slow goodbye process to this intense year. And as you come into your new year, um, everyone's already thinking about these. And the irony there is that it will be harder to move to nature at this time. All the more, it will be expensive to actually live in nature now. But everyone will be wanting to do it. So you need to integrate somehow an inner dance within that um, way of dreaming. And I think I'm, I'm supportive of that. Like I'm, I'm here um, in every step of the way, call, call upon us, call upon me um, if there are any interesting projects or like, questions or thoughts that you're conducting inside your head. Um, yeah. So yeah, coming into that, uh, where do, do you, like all of you, any of you, see the coming year um your coming spiritual service hmm. hi this is nadia what a what a call this is very emotional um I wanted to share that throughout these, um, well, an hour, 45 minutes, I, I think I've felt all, all sorts of emotions. I cried, I <laughs> laughed, I got angry, I got you know, ev everything uh, passed. And um, um, it's really wonderful to, to share it all. It, it's, uh, it's an emotional day also because um, I just um, very, very early this morning, I had delivered my friend to the hospital who's going to have intense surgery for colon cancer. And um, yeah, I, you know, it's such a moment where you start to consider life again. And uh, I've been through worse surgeries, actually, and, and, and uh, many um, initiations as I consider them afterwards and and they were looking back at them um truly blessings truly blessings i've not been able to describe the gifts that came through um the hardship uh, or the suffering and um it is something i i I very clearly remember, so if we speak about everything that the world is going through, um, I, I can dive into it or I can look at it and recall that there's really no mistakes. There is such a deep uh, trust in the bigger picture that I even believe that this time um, is not really like meant to be. That's not the right description. It's difficult to find words for it, but it's not a mistake either. So, um, 
something is going to come from all of this. And uh, I feel the work uh, we're doing is essential for all these individuals that are uh, waking up um, one by one or in groups. Uh, we're reaching people, we're bringing energy, light, information onto the planet in this way. And they're bringing it home to their families. Um, so in a way, I feel that this is the highest contribution I can give. Um, because there are so many systems I have to be part of. Um, I, I, you know, there is, well, I choose still to be part of it because this is where I'm living in a Western country and I need to have a bank account and I need to pay my rent and all sorts of things. I choose to not fight all of that. I choose to stay away from from fighting against and just thinking of, okay, but what does, does it all need? Um, and and I, I truly believe that with this, what we're doing and, and many other things also in the world nowadays, but I recognize this as something that's really, really strong and is really um, one of the things out there that is waking people up on a very deep level. Like I said, they're recognizing that there actually is no problem. Um, and in this way, we, we, for myself, I feel we're doing such a, the highest contribution that we could sort of in, in, in my line of work, I sometimes feel I'm employed by the universe. Um, that's just bringing people over, um, and, um, uh, being intense, grateful, for that um, and uh, maybe our job and or at least for sure my job is to remain um, able to do that so uh, keep my own balance which is uh, I find it very tricky sometimes um, but keep my own balance to be able to remain uh, in service and um, stay in the eye of the storm and not get sucked into conversations that are fear-based because they can go on on many different levels. Um, and sometimes they are disguised as love, but it still feeds you fear. Uh, and I've noticed that it takes away our energy and our strength um, and uh, it's something to really uh, be aware of where your focus is um, and uh, yeah that's I very briefly put in my um, new schedule for the new year that it's actually going to be a semi-sabbatical that means I would still continue doing what I'm doing because I feel that's 
my calling to work uh, with people, but to have a very clear focus on not being distracted um, by so many other things that may come across. And I feel that um, with everything that Pai has shared with us and, and his story is such a brave and great example that that it that it truly is possible and i'm definitely not go, going there but it's already brave I, I already feel brave like oh but i'm not going to work like more than three days a week um anyway uh, i think that's that's about it i'm i'm so very grateful uh, to be part of all of this and uh yeah, it moves, moves me to tears very often. Thank you. Okay, well, it's been two hours. Um, I, I'd like to put in some ideas as to forward motions um, for those who are wondering where a lot of these do come into application. Um, there are these interesting projects happening in the world that interest me. I'm collaborating gently with some of them. Um, as mentioned, a lot of those have to do with parenting and um, to do with children. Um, community plays a big part as well. So I think um, we're interested in technologies that have inner dance in them. It could be as simple as creating like a mud wall or an earthen floor. So we're going to be going into documentations and that in terms of partnering with other projects that don't need to be eco-villages or communities, but are interested in just a better way. Um, how would change maybe come about if we could um, channel a uh, shared space for that. Um, there are interesting things happening with online education that supports parents who are stuck at home with the kids. Um, I find that interesting. So in continuity with this, um, I do feel some responsibility in terms of, okay, where are we right now? The last two weeks, three weeks um in some ways for, for um, months sorry two, two to four months for both groups um the some of the ideas aren't actually fully threshed out um the purpose for the table of contents in the website material it it's a vocabularization where there are now loose elements so that we can have a kind of discourse Inner dance is, in a way, a discursivity, so that if it's not just the energetic experience, you might be more aware now that there are formulations within, especially the neurological and the linguistic, that um, carries from old ways of understanding these things. So there are... Um, there's like homework, there, there, there's materials out there that I haven't shared because I, I would just lose you. It, it wouldn't be interesting 
if vocabularization hasn't set in. So it's almost like a glossary of terms or defining the terms upon which the music, the, the way bodies are held, um, the, there are layers of understanding those. Depending on your intention though, are you actually holding bodies or are you holding soundscapes or are you um, doing online things and so on and so forth? Um, a lot of that is held by uh, central grounding. So for you to come to under, understand um, what is this structuralism that I do speak about, something that doesn't belong to any dance per se, but the I speak about consciousness and what have we found out so far about the global mind. Um, a lot of these are shareable at some point. Um, so I am interested in having continuous conversations. Um, they, they, they can still revolve around the colors, uh, could still be like this year or next year, depends on people's stamina or interest. Maybe a, a rest is good. Um, so yeah, what I'm saying is I'm still not very clear on purpose as to how I might myself organize my modes of sharing. Um, our house still isn't finished yet up in the mountain. So I'm still waiting to get my own workstation and my library. My library is quite intensive and I, I, I normally cross many references um, together and I haven't really been doing so much of that yet. Um, so the two month process is more of an introduction to um, yeah, like getting to know inner dances, um, different parts. Um, and the colors are very, very useful for that. Um, like, for example, um, when we bring up aphasia, the psychopathology of inner dance, where people start to let go of their mind and their ability to language in the normative sense for people to start noticing that there are different ways people let go of their mind. Um, in the same way, there would be these interesting topics and why, why do people's bodies move the way it does? What does it mean when there's symmetry at work, when there's asymmetry at work? What does it mean when uh, timing, intensity, and certain um, rotations kind of work together. <clears throat> um, I have notions of these. Um, the, these can never really be fully understood, but um, notions are enough, but without a set of terms, um, we, we can't really talk about them. Uh, we would just lose each other. We would just keep going around in generalizations um and so as you understand i revolve a lot more around um particular sciences within spiritual contexts of course 
Um, so whatever that might look like, if this was going to be a definitive profession for you and were you to really take this forward, not just as a practitioner or as a, um, as a facilitator, but to be a trainer of sorts, um, the material, as I've mentioned so many times before, it becomes really useful when you are also beginning to contextualize um, th this, this, this energy process to others. And I've seen that happen again and again. Um, people who have um, trained others to become facilitators, that's when they really start to dive into um, the, the nature of these and they get surprised. They start to notice things that weren't so noticeable before. Um, so now that we've gone through these gentle waves, um, maybe not having to even do time periods like in certain ways that are so tight and, and full. Um, it depends really on what your interest levels will be on specific things. Um, so to give yourself like a long time, to give yourself like a year, you know, okay, I practice with my mom, my dad, my best friend. Some people practice in their dog, their cat, their room. Um, to, to really slow down your, your feeling and thinking process and um, to, to travel with this in the more long term. That would be, I think, interesting for us here too. Um, especially since we're going deeper and deeper into application. Um, as you well know, we're starting a school for um, can be 30 or 40 kids. It's going to be quite intense. Um, they might be here as often as like four times a week, which is going to be a lot. Um, uh, I, I, I myself don't really want to lose contact with my own energy school. And I do enjoy exploring uh, with others and going into conversations with others. So if you feel like there's a way for you to extend some of your work where Maya or the community here could be of service to you, um, just don't be shy to write to us um, privately. And uh, maybe there might even be a way to um, conduct some of these online journeys where you're do, do, doing your thing and you're, you know we're, we're just supporting it somehow um, so I feel that's important to to speak and um, I'm interested of course in keeping this network alive so there's only so much sense in keeping two online IDES channels um, a lot of us have interacted between both groups and I'm really grateful that there are um, people I regard as senior um, space holders, people who have started country movements, people who have gone through um, the histories of inner dance who have been part of this. And I do feel like they have so much to share still. 
So I'm happy for them to find, you know, like get inspired to conduct some, like anything, whether it's within the circle or just um, taking off and sharing their gifts. Um, I, I, I encourage that and I'm grateful for, for that, um, for, for so much support that's already come. Um, you you kind of know uh, who you are, like in so many ways. Um, just uh, building the, what you might call a curriculum, uh, which is right now merely like a template. Um, a lot of these get added up later on. So maybe in the future, now that there is a grounding, what the colors would look like is that there are rainbows inside every color, just as every color within, every rainbow within colors will have rainbows and rainbows. That is where it's headed. Um, and so instead of going into weekly journeys, it might be interesting to even send out smaller snippets of study material that would make um, these a lot more accessible. Um, the, obviously, like the videos need some work because they were made at a really, really busy and super trancy time a long time ago. So it's pretty clumsy. So um, I, I'm happy to at least have created more space for myself to go into studio work, to go into my workstation and improve on a lot of the outlining. Um, what makes this IDS a little bit different is I usually work with boards. Uh, I, I usually draw on maps and I, I'm, I'm not confident yet I need to master um, Zoom in order to do Blackboard um, type conversations. As you know, I'm really auditory so that if I was to be looking at you while I'm speaking, I normally lose my continuity. Like my, my eyes just get cross-eyed and I, I, I go aphasic. So maybe I, we could go more visual at some point um, uh, when this becomes a little bit less intense um, in some ways. So I'm just unloading some of the things in my mind that um, are still floating out there um, this online journey has really just been almost accidental as I've expressed before. I really just sat down one afternoon and it just kind of birthed itself. Like I knew there was a need to offload what was embedded inside my body wanting to say, this is the right time. Um, so I feel if, if that was to happen later on and it wasn't so, um, energetically wound up. Um, this is really what I enjoy doing. This is going to be the rest of my life. Um, I, I belong in my workstations, my libraries. I, I want to provide some sort of um, supportive element to this energy for the long term um, to keep it um, supported so that when the wild things happen, um, you know, like I've been 
getting messages lately like could you give me some sort of certificate because there's this insurance thing happening and so on and so forth um i'm not i'm not into those things generally but i've always been supportive um but i felt maybe it wasn't time to institutionalize any dance like in that way partially because of what i've seen through my own eyes that are inexplicable and i do see there there is a push out, out there to bring in her dance fast and wide um, and that normally does open up pandora boxes um, in unexpected places and moments so um, i feel a lot more secure and confident now that we can give more um, support that would have that um, kind of stamping maybe you know like we, we i could think about that where i stand anyway because i've never really been into I don't, I don't understand certification in terms of um, a process such as in a dance um, but that's maybe how i was seeing it before um, i understand the nature of the world and um, how rigid it could be where a lot of you're at it's nothing like that here and the places where I've traveled, um, where there's a lot of looseness and freedoms given to um, express and take ownership. Um, yeah, I mean, those are just some things. Um, just in case you're wondering uh, where we might fit in to yeah, the bigger picture where you're very much part of it. Mm. Along that note, there, there are other, there are there questions and thoughts, interesting things uh, in your own coconut, uh, dancing around. Mm. Yeah, so maybe, mm, Rebecca. Is this, yeah? Mm. Hello? Mm. Oh, hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Now, now we can. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, when I made uh, the question, asked the question about the elephant, <laughs> um, I mm, mm. kind of thinking back to a lot of my own experiences, uh, which are centered around probably like uh, like the decolonizing of consciousness in terms of growing up as you know in Anglo-Australian and um, coming to like really uh, dissolve that world from an egocentric perspective um <laughs> and <laughs> look at um i guess the, it in terms of the history of humanity and its place in all of it um but it very much feeds into or they feed into each other it's like the oh what would i call it like 
ecological naturalist movement. Like I, um, not, I mean, the perspective of yours that is um, predominant because I know there's a decolonial aspect to you as well, but mm. your um, time in the island and stuff very much speaks and Maya and everything. Um, and they're obviously interrelated, but um, it speaks in like environment or the nature. Um, mm. And um, mm. so, yeah, we come from these kind of aspects, but it, the truth of it is the same. Mm. Um, that the way that we are living, the way that the most of the world is living is just, it's mm. so far from this core truth, um, let's call it the mother, or um, when it speaks to you, when you see it, when you understand it, it's like, uh, it's quite soul destroying really. And many people go through different stages of that, uh, that realization and some people can just stay in that. Um, and some people you don't even want to, them to really even go into it because they're just they're people you love and mm. you don't want them to like have to dissolve themselves in that way mm. um but when we look at the heart of it like basically everything we do the way we live um takes us away from who we are like when you really look at the heart of it, there's no escaping this. There's no escaping it. And that's why I see you like you're so, you could be considered so extreme and so radical in <laughs> your views, but that's what I like about it because mm. it's, it's true. It's, it's honest and it's truth. Like it actually is, it does necessitate us all, all mm in a way, um, living in nature and uh, moving to simplicity and forgetting about, you know, um, our monetary economy and um, being in harmony. Uh, basically everything that you stand for, uh, it speaks, it's actually so activist Mm. in mm. like the way that you live is just mm. that is kind of what everybody needs to do for um mm. the for like uh, us to be seen yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's anti-everything it really is which makes yeah. it pro, pro pro in a different way uh, and then we can look at things and say, okay, we accept everything and everything's fine. And mm. da -da -da. Um, mm. and that's also beautiful. But when we are agents for change mm. and if we are working for the universe or if we're working for, like, um, the earth, uh, it's almost paradoxical, really, 
because accepting everything is to accept all of this. But then to see what we do to ourselves, what we do to each other, what we do to the earth. And there's this, there is a, like this deep uh, push and desire to be better, to be better than what we what we are now because mm. we kill each other we hurt each other we mm. like mm. we hurt the earth and mm. we mm. cause pain and suffering and mm. why <laughs> <laughs> yeah how yeah why yeah it's like you can't um, give yourself instructions that you're gonna be a nicer person the next day at, at best, you can only hope to be a natural person, but you don't know what that's going to be. Precisely. Yeah, and it's um, so. I just on that on that note, I just have like so much respect for what inner dance stands for in that way, and the depth of the meaning of that um, mm. as a movement, uh, as an like an ideal to live up to mm. in terms of um, mm. how we can be as, as human mm. uh, humanity. Mm. Yeah. I've been sharing more and more lately. I've been speaking about it for years, but um for me, my inner dance was based in my shame background, which is cultural, but personal and family-based. And um, because of my sense of smallness, I've been perpetually always the, I've always been so small and I, I cringe, you know, um, like, like, energy just passes through because there's no hindrance. There's no rigid thought structure because I'm just so broken. So in my smallness, you know, like when you belong to a shame culture, then that means you're people pleasing and you, you just want everyone to be happy and you put yourself out there. You have stamina for service day in, day out. However sleepless, you, you give. Um, you don't put price tags on it. Um, so much of my years on earth in the last decade, however, any dance just got big and became a big money-making machine out there. I, I didn't even have a bank account, you know, like I, I was starting this eco-village project and I didn't know how it was happening, but it, it's like, okay, I, I believe in it. And uh, because I could only really go back to the old system so much, but it, it's amazing though, how it just kept happening and happening. But for me to really, really be honest, it's to speak about my own um, background on, um, so, so put, put, putting those things together, being a nice person, like a basic and nice person who suddenly got launched into the spiritual kingdom. You know, I had these big spiritual masters coming. I wanna train, I wanna learn. And I'm just there, just in my shorts or in my, you know, like work clothes, just watching like, what? Okay. 
um, not understand, like, like just watching it. I, you know, it was some, some kind of game being played almost. Um, that they, they, they wanted me somehow to be part of it. And I kind of understood why I needed to be part of it um, in some respect until it just didn't make sense to be part of it. But the, the painful part for me was um, dealing with not wanting people to go through anywhere near what I've gone through and then to translate the fact that the joy and amazing energies people feel in inner dance is precisely um, darkness. It, it's allowing darkness. It's not solving problems, but dissolving um, tension um, and redefining the dark. So I have this interesting book in my library. It almost speaks to something you were speaking to prior to this other thing, Rebecca. It's the, the name of the book is The Houses of History. Uh, and I think in the book, there are 10 houses. You know, it could be like feminism as a house, um, Marxism as a house, modernism as a house, coloniality as a house. Um, and for me, the house we need to inhabit is um, the theory of translation. I feel like if there is um, something urgent that we need to understand, it's um, what is what does it mean to undergo translations? Because when, when you do put yourself out there as healer, um, guide, helper, ser servant of humanity, it, it's like it's going to pass through your body. You know, you, you have to die when you put yourself in the middle of the room and it passes through you, all these emotions. And sometimes you can't even look at the room. You're, you're, you're looking at the floor because you're looking at everyone through the not looking. You're feeling so much. You're, you're hearing so much. And, and it's not them. It's like everything they're bringing to the room that is just like all, all of them doing it together. You, they, it, it, it passes through you. You cannot not die. You cannot not undergo a channeling experience in that regard. Um, so I feel there are very important insights into language um, evolving um, because it's going to accelerate. And um, these topics that we've been bringing up, these are, these are really, wow, you know, they, they're interesting, they're fascinating. Um, it changes our perspectives on how we see, see everything. Um, so I feel translation is where everything comes together. All these histories, um, the decolonization part is big because um, there's a lot of bottled up emotion there. People aren't able to speak. They don't have a system of referencing. They don't have permission. They don't have confidence. And, and nor do they have the habit they're more used to hunching their shoulders and keeping themselves to fly in the wall. Um, so this is almost where we borrow those who have gone into the, the extreme, the, not, not just me, like what I've been through, but um, there have been really, really extreme inner dances, really extreme, really intense not just the session, but like maintaining themselves in that Kundalini process. It's like 
that that energy of transformation where they it, it went wild, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so we're we're borrowing a lot of notes in there, and it heals them and what they represent. Possibly when we bring a global understanding to what's localized in, inside them. So in the decolonization process at work, there's really something about the, the energy of post, you know, like post-colonial, and then what's post-post-colonial, where for me, who belongs to a colonized nation, I had to deal with my anger. And now that I understand what it means to be beyond that, um, I, I, I keep mentioning it like in March 16, 2021 the Philippines will be celebrating the half millennium the 500 years anniversary of the landing of the Spanish Portuguese the sailor Magellan was Portuguese but the people that owned the ships were Spanish and if inner dance kind of um unfurled from here, uh, how to bring that kind of honesty about. It's tricky, it's really tricky. The moment you speak about it, there's um, an energy of displacement where the, the more you want to convey meaning, it's like you push it away. When you're not in that community or interpretive surroundings that kind of understand all the layers you're coming from, um, so there, there, there's something safe in the inner dance um, process, going into it with groups. The opposite of displacement is called condensation, where a single word or sentence bears so much, like a universe. So how would you then listen to people where each word is a universe, undergoing combinations and contiguities with each other? Um, the only trust, I think, would do that. Um, if people learn to trust to do that and some people just have it um, people trust them people trust you and, and just your presence in the room your demeanor like brings that about but um, going back to your scholarships our, our scholarships get, getting interested like um, creating a, a kind of university um, where we know people do want to go back into lifelong learning, you know, like adult-based education. And, and, and it's got to be practical. It's got to be project-based where, okay, you're, you're dealing with child minds, which means you've got more access to the universe within consciousness because, it's, you know, a three-year-old or two-year-old learning to move their bodies, learning to... Um, I think um, people need to define their audience more and more like people can say okay i want to do inner dance but um an inner dance for autistic children's parents for example as opposed to um people in eco villages who are getting rid of material addictions or supporting mothers who barely have enough time to you know do laundry and um uh th then a communication comes about like um, content and channel starts to get clear when um, people start to decide like where would their resonance um, because I do think if you if you think too big um, it gets a little bit more difficult 
to go into steps and stages. Um, we, we need to somehow grow it from somewhere. So like um, the community in Helsinki I really admire because they've been running the Inner Mama sessions for a whole year now. And it doesn't matter even if you're pregnant or not, or if you have children or not. But when they made the, they, they decided to work with that one audienceship, that year has really brought about so much um, depth. There's so much context alive uh, there. Like people feel seen not just as individuals, but as a group. Um, so I'm interested more and more in people who you know, work with presence or work with um, if, if you isolate inner dance within a specific audienceship, let's say drug addiction, emotional turbulence, depression, and whatnot, the, 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 the treatment would match a specific pathology. It, it wouldn't always be the same playlist um, of sorts. So I don't think people should isolate themselves with one thing only. But it can't be too many, and it can't be too large. It it could be like a host of a few things, and then when they when the interest starts to waver into other things, there would be interrelationships within that, like just in the mandala. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I I feel this thing about the decolonization process, but. Um, it's just too paradoxical because everything is colonized, like in, certain, in many ways already. And we can't really um, create so much of a line because now I do see it that I deal with the not so wealthy members of the world, like here. And there is a happiness that I witness in them that don't happen where there's a lot more money like in a way and they do have a kind of voice it it, it just is a very very different voice and, and they do kind of need to borrow from each other um uh so like strong work lines maybe with people that we resonate with not not to collect too many working styles but to to really maybe establish like a network uh, uh, you know like small networks that are working in the same uh engines of running running the world um would do troubleshooting uh so that you, you may not have to worry about what scientists out there are thinking about um your notes <laughs> when it's really early but um the but that if you are picking up on vocabularization elements that are necessary to start an inquiry on for example like um uh, gentle birth then what is music or brain in relation to the waves the mother goes through um, it's very helpful when you have someone to talk to as you're holding um, who you're holding. Um, it's almost like retaining a conversation that just keeps continuing because you're offloading, inloading like um, insights upon each other. 
uh, it gets quite hard when people are still going to be doing a lot of beginner sessions if they've been doing it a long time. It's because you need to keep restarting contexts again and again. Starting from ground zero with this one. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, there, there might be um, value for that for people who really want to bring about entry-level work. Um, but it's quite good to um, start building on conversations that have continuity with the people that you know you get along with and can contribute to your own. So yeah, houses of history. It's, mostly inner dance happens as a breaking of history. Uh, it's like these children attending these parties. That's what they're doing. They're dancing with each other, breaking apart histories. But then the event of going back to life means to um, go into a horizon merging, a hermeneutics, you know, like a, a, a reinitiation back into the world. And if people are becoming less escapists, um, his, uh, historicity is important if history isn't so interesting anymore. Um, so yeah, decolonization is for me, I, I would say it is the biggest. Um, prior to translation theory, there has to be an understanding of the decolonization at work. Because um, the majority of the world are the ones who have very little voice. Hollywood kind of holds most of it and, you know, Trump and so on and so forth. But um, what's the genius? What's the brilliance that is waiting to happen in those nonverbal folks? I keep sharing, like I only found my voice maybe at the age of 33 or 34. I'm only 44 now, but I, I couldn't speak up until um, a certain point. I, I, I just couldn't talk. I, I belong to a culture just, you know, like I have no opinions whatsoever. I, I just don't know how to speak out. It was only through inner dance. Like when I left the island, I was 30. So it was only through any dance that I started to speak. Um, I'd say maybe 35, 36, when I really started to find a language that worked for me. But I think up until I was 21, 22, if there were people there, I'd run away. I, I hated having to, to put myself out there. I'm so shy. And that's part of the colonization thing. I think at large, many people in my culture, I just describe like how they are. Mm. Mm. Okay, anyone else? Seven thirty-five. Mm. Yeah, really valuable though, Rebecca. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Oh. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Hey. <laughs> Very interesting all that you're saying. All, uh, all I can say in, is that in the last weeks, something interesting has happened with speech, uh, which was, um, uh, once I was with a monk who was doing a, a, a ceremony 
and he told me, you be, my, you be my translator, because he doesn't really speak English, so it's like two words and you put it together uh, as you can. So, um, because he was staying in my house, so he said, you, you, you are my translator. And I was like, oh my God, I, I have no idea of this ceremony and uh, I'm not the most capable person. Uh, but I kind of inner danced it. <laughs> and I was sitting, I was sitting near him and uh, translating and the body was moving. I was like, uh, it was like the energy telling me, I'm here and it was balancing me from the from the legs, like from the legs uh, doing this all, all the time. And it was, uh, and the translation was uh, fluid, but it was fluid because it was the energy that did the translation. And then I had to read some text um, and it was like, the energy was reading the text. It was not me, and it was dark at night, and I don't see well even with with glasses. So uh, it was like the energy reading the text, and it was it was a, a very funny funny feeling, very interesting. It was like yeah, something was managing my tongue for good like 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 you you don't spoil this <laughs> you are not gonna spoil this <laughs> and and uh, the other experience with speech was that i was in a in a judicial hearing and i had to my my position was to defend that a, a child a mother could not see uh, her child because she had misbehaved. And uh, because the child was in custody, custody of the public administration. And in a way, in a way, I, I kind of really didn't agree with that, but I have to, to do my job. So um, the the hearing went on and at the end you have to uh, speak your conclusions and in the conclusions i noticed that i was saying what i had to say uh, doing my job but like at energy at subliminal level <laughs> i don't know i was i was another message was being carried out like it was very weird because it was like I, something was contradicting my own words at a at a subliminal level, and people could read it between lines, could listen it between lines. I don't know. Whatever. It was like a funny experience that something taking a control over the speech. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Love that. I love it when you share always. It's the best. <laughs> uh, mm. Anyone else? Mm.
Yeah, I think we can close probably. Um, this is by no means a last call anyhow, and we can just keep seeing each other. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people have to go too. So uh, say I send you love and thanks and just the open invitation to keep sharing, uh, keep the conversation going. And uh, yeah, I wonder about the podcast. I could just leave it there um, in case you wanted to go back to any of the colors. Um, if you have any suggestions for that, just let me know. I think it's quite a library right now um, of sound. So however way it could um, be useful. Um, let me know um, because I might think of you know, changing formats and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I know you're busy and you need to go back to children and work and nature. So hmm. help me close, everyone. Hmm. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. What the? <laughs> Ricardo. Thank you. You're snowboarding. Yeah. Yeah. You're snowboarding. I was snowboarding the whole time through. Wow. It was, it was less emotional for me in that sense. <laughs> and then I'm throwing a snow at. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Talk beautiful. to you soon, guys. Okay. Well, bye. Thank you. <laughs> 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 <laughs>